0: The text chosen for our meditation is from the Gospel of Mark. You see, if you now hear the Gospel from Mark's version of what happened, there's a lot of uh, things that uh, Matthew didn't say or Mark didn't say. It's kind of like a a mosaic. You put it together. And uh, so I've chosen to do this text rather than the Gospel that uh, was read today. After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan, and immediately he came up out of the water. And the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice from heaven says, You are my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. So far the text. In the name of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed. What is the meaning of baptism? The law of Moses did not require baptism. And it was not just a pious custom. But if you listen to Matthew, Christ was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Mark, on the other hand, omits these words of Christ, and he focuses simply on what occurred at Christ's baptism. What Mark is emphasizing in connection with Christ's baptism may be expressed in this following phrase. Christ's baptism means that God is well-pleased with us. And so under the guidance of the Holy Spirit upon the basis of our text, we're going to consider that theme this morning. We can say that Christ's baptism means that God is well-pleased with us because at his baptism, Christ began his work of saving us. Now you know that there was any need for him to save himself because he's the sinless son of God. And John the Baptist's theme as Jesus' forerunner was repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And throughout his ministry, John the Baptist preached repentance to those people who made the trek out to the wilderness to hear his message. And no doubt, his message pricked the consciences of those who heard him. John was very clear on the message to the multitudes he preached to. Jesus had no need to confess his sins as, he, as those who were baptized by John. Our text for this morning says all Judea and all the people of Jerusalem were coming out to him. And they confessed their sins. Being baptized in the Jordan River. Jesus came into this world holy, without any spot, without any stain. And so, when John saw Jesus coming towards him, Jesus asked John to baptize him. And John admitted that he was not even worthy to untie Christ's sandals. a task that a humble slave in the home would do when guests would arrive. They would come and they would take the sandals off of the visitor's feet and then wash their feet as a gesture of welcome. And John felt so humble before the presence of that sinless son of God that he thought... This, even this most humble task of removing the sandal was too important task for him to do. And instead of John baptizing Jesus, John thought that Jesus should be baptizing him. Christ began his saving work by taking our sins upon himself. Not only ours, but the sins of the whole world. Here's the son. The sinless son of God would be sin for us. He would take upon himself your sins and mine and whoever would live on this earth. And that payment felt due in that garden of Gethsemane and on Calvary. And you remember the story very well in that garden when he went to pray, he felt felt the weight of the world's sin as he prayed to his heavenly Father. And the writer says that his sweat was just like great drops of blood. And then he asked his father if they could remove that cup from him, but yet he says, not my will, but thine be done. And Jesus submitted to the will of the heavenly Father and went all the way to the cross in order that your and my sins and the sins of the world will be removed forever. And on that cross, his burden was heavy, an agony, of course, that no one has ever, ever known. And on that cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here his own father forsook him, left him alone, with the weight of the sins of the world upon him. Really, he's suffering hell for you and me, and this is what hell is going to be about when God is not there. And the people that are there will be suffering from their sins and their unbelief. But as that Lamb of God, Christ offered himself as a sacrifice for sin. No one else could do it. The Lord God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And because Christ, at his baptism, he began his saving work, which he also completed, God is now well pleased with us. At Christ's baptism, God accepted the mission of salvation. He showed his acceptance by letting the heavens open because heaven was closed to all of us because of sin. Because of sin, God and man were enemies, and it started in the Garden of Eden with the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And because of of our sins, there's a wall separating God and man. Most all of us here know very well the importance of 1989, when we rejoiced, not only we, but in Europe and all over, when that Berlin Wall was torn down. And during that time, many people were in prison and they were separated from freedom. And many people lost their lives trying to get over that wall to freedom. Many died seeing that wall that separated east and west before it came down. Well, that wall that separated God and man was far more devastating than the Berlin Wall. Here we lost our freedom of being in communion with God. And because of our sin that we could look forward to is spending an eternity in hell. And yet God in his love came to rescue us. God in his love sent his son Jesus to love us and to pay for the sins that was, was it his? And at his baptism, Jesus was going to begin that journey that would take him all the way to the altar of the cross. That wall that separated God and man came crushing down. And because of what Christ has done on the cross, now we have free access to heaven. We have free access to God. We can come to him knowing that we are his adopted children, members of his family, and he will listen to us and he will, he will hear our petitions and our needs. And then as the time gets older or shorter for us and we get older, That hope is there at our deathbed that heaven is not closed, but it is open for us who can enjoy the blessings that God has stored for us because of Jesus. And God showed the, he accepted Christ's work by anointing him with the Holy Spirit and with power to carry out that work. St. Luke speaks this in Acts when he says, God anointed Jesus. From Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit, beginning in Jerusalem, he went around doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of Satan because God was with him. Because Christ received the Spirit of God at his baptism, he confers that Spirit on us. Through his Holy Spirit, we are brought to faith. Our baptism is the effective means of regeneration by the Holy Spirit. Think of the blessing that we have in baptism. What a miracle that takes place in that young child at the font, oh, ever so silently when the pastor sprinkles the uh, the water and says those wonderful words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that visible means the water and the word, the Holy Spirit comes in that individual's heart and he becomes a child of God. What a miracle that he has taken in our lives. Once we were in darkness, once we were blind to the Word of God and and His power, once we were groping in a world of sin, and yet God came in our lives through the washing of holy baptism, and we became His child. And through the washing of holy baptism, we are now a new creation holy, alive in the family of God. We are new creatures who, out of love and appreciation for all what God has done for us, live a life that is pleasing to God. Through our baptism, we have the assurance that the Holy Spirit has worked faith in our hearts. Jesus Christ, we have the assurance that eternal life is ours. And God showed his acceptance of Christ's work by calling Jesus his beloved son. I would say that God was very proud of his son on that day and about the work that he was going to begin. Which of us as parents can relate to that? There are are times when we're very proud of our children and let them know it might be at their graduation, it might be at the special task that they did at school or whatever happened in their life or sports or whatever, you name it, and we let them know how proud and pleased we are. So at this time, God the Father let his son know, as well as those who happened to witness this special event, how he felt. In Christ, we are God's beloved children. And through Jesus Christ, we can approach that throne and call God Abba Father. How wonderful it is that we can come to him in prayer and seek and tell him our innermost concerns. And then we say, as we begin that prayer that he has taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. It is only possible because of the work of Jesus Christ which began at his baptism. And after his baptism, he was driven into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted by Satan. And we know that Jesus conquered those temptations by the word. And you too, as we are baptized and we go out into the world, God has promised that we, he will not forsake us, but he will support us by his word by his angels, and we don't have that power within ourselves to, to uh, defeat Satan, but with the help of God and using his word, we can say no to those temptations that come our way. In our baptism, we drown that old Adam, and that new preacher. Uh, new creature comes forth. Because God, at Christ's baptism, accepted his saving work, he is well pleased with us. Christ's baptism is important not only for himself but for you and for me because we are baptized into the salvation of his name. Amen.